0: What is up, my listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, Mr. Dan Collins of Hardway Outdoors. Dan doesn't live too far from me, man. and have uh, been after him for a little while to come through on the show, and, and we got him this week. So this episode is not really tech talk. It's a couple stories and Dan's journey to be where he is right now and he's got one hell of a journey, man. Uh, Pennsylvania born and raised in Alaska, Idaho, just, just a great story. He's a younger dude. And um, I was happy to have him come through and, and be on the show. Loves to fish, loves to hunt, recurve, flintlock, elk, whitetail, muleys. It doesn't matter, man. This guy's, he's, he's been around. (laughs) He's a young dude. He's got a lot of life left, uh, just like myself. So his story is really fun. Uh, I also want to promote that he is a guide, and he will take you on guided fishing trips. So if that's something you're interested in, please get a hold of him. One of the ways you could do that is over at Hardway Outdoors on his Instagram handle. Uh, If you have any questions for me, don't be afraid to reach out, and I can send them his way also. So with that being said, enjoy this episode. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast This week's guest I've been after for a while, and um, before I took a little hiatus, I was really following along closely, and I wanted to get him in the studio, but I got him on the phone here today, and this is going to be a great conversation. I'm super excited for it. Mr. Dan Collins of Hardway Outdoors. Dan, how are you?
1: Good. How you doing, Marcus? Good,
0: man. Good, man. I am very excited for this conversation. Um, You're one of them guys I'm envious of. I I see you traveling all around, and... (laughs) Getting to do all the outdoor stuff, and I know that you're probably enjoying yourself. But uh, let's do a little introduction, man. How about a little profile? It's who you are, uh, where you're from originally, and uh, just let's just go down your journey just a little bit here.
1: All right. Yeah. Um. I'm 25 years old. Uh. Born and raised in Central Pennsylvania. Um. Yeah. Just kind of lived a pretty normal life. Uh. Growing up small town uh in clearfield county and um yeah uh pretty outdoorsy growing up you know i didn't re- my dad would always take me turkey hunting uh like when i was like eight or nine mm-hmm. and that's that's when it, the bug really started um I just just those early turkey hunts just having like a gobbler working you know it's just shakes your bones you know it's like the first (laughs) memories i have in the outdoors um and that really just got me hooked um and then going through i would say middle school um that's when i really took a grasp into fishing uh probably like fourth or fifth grade Um, my one good friend thomas summers um he started getting into like team usa youth fly fishing and stuff and um, I think we were in fourth or fifth grade, and like we, it would be like during. So me and him would like go tie flies after school. Um, together we'd go to the fly shop tie flies. We'd walk there and stuff. And I remember some days like during recess, we would bring our vices <laughs> and tie flies. Like, there's no probably no fifth grader in America that's ever done that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we'd we'd sit there, and the teachers would be like, "You guys should go, like." do like be active or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we tide flies
0: yeah man well Um, you know everybody's different that's all you know especially when it it comes to growing up as kids and stuff but (laughs) yeah i mean nowadays goodness gracious you would definitely never see nothing like that
1: no no absolutely yeah and um i remember like in middle school we were right beside this river and we would i'd always whatever like whatever class we were in I forget but if the window faced the river I was always looking out the window like we'd see a boat go up the river and we'd be like oh man that's all <laughs> like uh, I wish we were doing that oh, um man. yeah and then yeah. um yeah that's I would around that time that's when I start, like I we said really got into fly fishing a little bit and mm-hmm. uh had a lot of great mentors at the fly shop we'd go down there and tie in the weekends in the winter and um and then like in the summers, that's, uh, I played a, a lot of, a lot of baseball. Yeah. i played so much baseball, but any free time I got, I, I was fishing and my mom would drop me off and, uh, on the river drop me off at a little brook trout stream.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, it was just me, the bears, rattlesnakes, and brook trout. <laughs> and I that was, that's how it was like every day of the summer.
0: Yeah.
1: If I wasn't playing baseball and then. Uh, getting into high school, there was some like outdoor clubs and stuff um i and we'd tie flies at or whatever um and then like what i and then getting into like college um so like in in high school, we' do like a, a a college visit that was like a requirement to graduate and i was just like oh, i'll go to lock haven or iup and just right. do some cliche thing and get it over with <laughs> right. like, i have no clue what i want to do um then my buddy was like hey there's this college offering in fisheries uh you get to go and sit on a, in on a class uh you get to go electro fishing and you get to go like fishing with the the students i'm like yes (laughs) that that sounds like a college (laughs) right yeah so we did that i ended up going there uh and getting a fisheries degree there and kind of like in that time frame i think my sophomore junior year i got into competitive competitive fly fishing and uh that's really when i started taking it super seriously fly fishing and like progressing and myself because like i said i play baseball i was like super like i have a competitive nature in me i guess and right adding you know i'm done with baseball it's and so i kind of how i got my competitive like fix i guess to say and uh, that really pushed me to become a better angler just fishing with dudes on team usa learn from them um super great anglers all over the east coast i fish with and you learn something from everybody and um, that's where i really got to be a, a, a more educated fly fisherman. And then, uh, in college, I would say that's, that's when I got my, uh, my big, like hunting bug, I guess, like, uh, for, for white tail. That's when I really found out that's my favorite thing to do is hunt white tails and PA. <laughs> yeah. I feel
0: you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there was a lot of times, uh, I probably might have should have been in class, (laughs) Um, but hey, like uh, my freshman year, I I shot a a really, really nice buck, and uh, I remember we weren't even, like I got to college, and I'd go archery hunting a little bit, you know, when I could um, in my freshman year, and then like the third or fourth day of rifle season, I shot a really big buck, and uh, I'm like, whoa, like, there's like big bucks here, (laughs) And uh, like we were messing around, like we'd go squirrel hunting and dove hunting and like the rut, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like when I got that buck, I was like, oh wow, like w- I should like put more time into this and and try to f- see what else is out there. And um, yeah, sophomore, junior, senior year of college, I was just in the mountains, like just every single day looking for bucks and sheds and scouting, and um, yeah. That- Really cool. Actually, a funny story to share. Um, what I, I think is my sophomore year of college. It was I had an eight thirty chemistry class or an eight o'clock chemistry class, and it was the first day of rifle season, and uh, still on my buck tag, and I went to like the closest public land. I was like, I have to get, a, I have to sneak a hunt in. Like I cannot miss the first morning. There's no way. And uh, I had it all planned out. Like, I'm going to go, like, hunt this one spot. You know, it has some potential. And uh, and But it's close. I got to get out of the woods at this time. And if I have to, I'm going to go to class in my camo. Like, I don't even care. I'm going first day. And uh, so I get in there before first light, and I'm all set up. And the sun rises. And it's, like, a nice frosty morning. This is probably twenty. 2018 20, 2017 I think it was and uh I just right as soon as the sun came up I just hear in the in the frosty leaves and I look up and there's a doe and then a really nice he was a nice half rack buck um still probably the oldest buck I've ever taken um just but just it didn't have big antlers but it was a it was a big horny out on one side and I shot him and then immediately just like gutted him and drug him out of the woods like as quickly as possible. Um, I went to the gas station, (laughs) threw threw some ice in him, left him in my uh, truck bed. Uh I still had time to go get a shower and I was early for class. (laughs) Yeah, that was so that was pretty cool to actually do like do get a deer like that. Like I was sitting in class and like there was kids that hunted in my class and and uh, I was like. I don't know, like, I just kind of mentioned, like, did you guys hunt today or something? They're like, no, we slept in. I'm like, I already got a buck. <laughs> <laughs> i like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, come out to my truck when the
0: class is done. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, was, that was pretty funny, actually.
0: Yeah, man, that's, you know, and that, that brings me to a point that how many other states do you think you'd grow up in where, like, you would even encounter somebody doing something like that? Right. You know, I... I I mean, there's certain states that come to mind to me, you know, like West Virginia, maybe, you know, um, maybe one of the Midwest states or something like that. But, you know, that's where PA stands out. We got a little bit of everything. You know, you were talking about your trout fishing and stuff. And a lot of these other states, they have great hunting, but they don't have both worlds like we do. And, right. you, know, you were able to grow up around that, especially out on the eastern side of the United States, which is only really comparable to out west.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to hunt and fish in a lot of states and PA is it, I will say is my favorite. Yeah. Um just and it's really the 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 amount of public land you have like you no know, you don't realize how good you have it until you go out of state.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> like it, it, you know besides like Idaho and Alaska, mm-hmm. PA is like we have a ton of public land for the East coast and pretty much for the rest of the lower 48. um, It's very special that we have this much ground to to go. Um, You know, like I know when I go hunt Ohio. I'm like, what the heck? Like I can't (laughs) even walk two miles here. (laughs) Right. And uh, some places in New York, other than the Adirondacks, it's like, what the heck? Like, and then you just, you're just left with these little parcels and with PA it's like never ending and uh it, it, we're very fortunate for that, and then just the very it, like you said that we have great hunting, we have great fishing, um just a great all around state to be in it's my favorite state to fish for trout in for sure,
0: yeah,
1: I've fished out west and I've fished Alaska, and I'd rather fish p a um just just how it is for me i, I we have more challenging fish, you know, depending on where you're at, it's uh our wild fish are definitely smart and they get pressured and, and that's what makes you a better angler yeah. in my opinion. So rather than going out West and just throwing like a size 10 grasshopper out and, and just catching fish all day, it's here, it's more thought out and you might have to change some things up. But, um, so I think it's a great place to become a better angler.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I talk to a lot of guys, and I, like, really can't speak for my own experiences as, as far as fishing out of state for trout for the most part. Um, but I know guys that have fished all 50 states, and they will tell you, you know, top five, top five for the United States. And that's impressive because when you compare the hunting that we have compared to some of the other states that they put in into that category – it is really impressive. And then as far as public land goes, I've hunted a lot of other States too. And this is, <laughs> we will welcome anybody from out of state. You know, I mean, I'm not saying maybe not some locals and stuff, but I'm saying the lands will, will gladly welcome people from out of state. And there's a lot of people astonished by what they have, you know, and we have all types of environment, you know, whether it's flatland, whether it's swampy, marshy, uh, if you want mountain bucks, you know, we got them, we, we got it all we got yeah we got the brook trout we got the big brown trout you know i it's a great place to live man and i like talking it up all the time you know if you don't like winter move south (laughs) but if you like winter and you're okay with it then this is a great state to live in it really is
1: yeah absolutely um yeah and kind of off what you kind of mentioned there about uh non-residents being welcomed mm -hmm. um and you said maybe the locals wouldn't uh, <laughs> welcome you. Well, like, I, I last fall when I was in Idaho, I'm in like some Facebook groups or whatever. Uh huh. Uh, there was one place I forget where, but they had like all every non resident that was hunting, uh, that had non resident plates, they all their tires got slashed. Um, which from obviously probably by a local because
0: mm-hmm. all the resident
1: cars were not messed with in that area. Wow um super sad super terrible um honestly very dangerous as well because you don't know if there's an emergency or something you know
0: yeah make a good Um, point
1: super sad to see something like that and uh you know like i see non-residents in pa all the time i don't care like right i think most people don't really care um you know so it's just deal with it you know they're here to enjoy the land and and Mm -hmm. hunt fish and well,
0: you know, I think I another that. thing that people aren't really aware of when it comes to non-resident hunting is, you know, what kind of money and monetary value that brings to the area that they're hunting. Number one. Right. And then, like we were saying, as good as the fishing is, we have lots of non-resident fishermen, and no one really seems to talk about that. Which, hey, you know, teaches their own. But there's a lot of them out there, and I see them out there too. And oh yeah, you know. I will tell you that they're the first people to see you on the stream. Come up and say, hey, I don't really know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. How are you? You know, how's your day? You know, do you have any, any tips or tricks? Or maybe you can throw me a, a bone here. And, you know, guys like me, I have no problem telling them. Because the vast <laughs> land, the vast waterways that we have, I'm like, hey, you know, check this stream out. You know, I ain't going to tell them about my honey hole. But I'm not afraid to tell them about a stream that might be listed somewhere. Oh yeah. You know, or, you know, even hunting, you know, Hey, uh, well, you know, I, uh, there's some deer up in that area. I don't really know what's up there. I've been up there in a while, but I know that there's deer up there. Yeah. And that, that's really good. You know, I, and I don't want to get into conversation, but if only we, uh, we had a little bit of that, uh, Sunday hunting thing, you know, we would probably get a lot more non-resident hunters, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. I think that's what we definitely have way more on (laughs) residents yeah, for sure. I'd say yeah, that's the reason why I go out of state on like Sundays.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You and everybody else, man, for sure. Yeah.
1: So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think you mentioned like the, the monetary value of it. Like when I go out West to hunt, like I'm, I'm spending at least $500 on just the license. Right. And, uh, like I think, what was it, two years ago? I I drew a bull elk tag out there, and it was six fifty for the tag. And that's the equivalent of like thirty residents buying the same tag. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> and you're gonna slash our tires. You know, obviously yeah. that's one bad egg. It only takes one bad egg to 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 do it. But and there's way more good people out there. I've never had an issue with a single person out there personally.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's like one bad person ruins it. You know, so.
0: Yeah, man, that is unfortunate, and I have seen some videos uh, recently, and I, I, I would quote them, uh, the people who, who they were on, uh, like, the Facebook page and stuff, but I can't exactly remember, but it was, like, somebody had, like, a tire posted out front on, like, public land, and, like, he showed the Onyx map, and it was, like, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and it was yeah. all public land, you know, and here's this big tire, and it says, posted, no hunting, <laughs> and I just yeah, I just had geez. to laugh, you know, like, oh, geez, that's the stuff you run into, but... um. I want to uh I want to jump back man I want to jump back into you and your journey because it's really it's really something pretty cool. So you graduated college, right? Um you did you say you attended IUP? Uh no. Okay.
1: No. Yeah, I went to Mansfield University. Mansfield,
0: okay. Okay.
1: And um Yeah, right after right after I graduated, it was I had to do an extra semester because I came in like undecided or something. Mm -hmm. So I had to do just like an extra semester. So I graduated in December of like 2019, I think, and then uh, immediately just started shooting resumes out. And uh, in February, I was in Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Just yeah, I went up there, uh, worked at a salmon hatchery. That's cool. And Prince William Sound. And, uh, so that's like Southeast of Anchorage. I lived on an Island there for three months, raising some salmon. And then I transferred North to a same company, but a different hatchery between Anchorage and Fairbanks and, uh, was there for like six more months and just phenomenal. Like on the Island we were, it was like, so like, that's like, I think it's like technically or it is the most Northern rainforest. Um, there, so a ton of snowfall when I was there from March to like April or May. Wow. Uh Just so much. It was like 12 inches of snow a day, like just the, the really wet, heavy <laughs> snow. And we had to shovel it and everything. Dang. But um, we weren't doing that, you know, doing our work, obviously, just like feeding the fish, cleaning the whatever, just hatchery stuff. But um, I fished every day. Like they had little like skiff boats. And they're like, you're good to run them. Well, they, they pray for the gas and everything. So Man. I took advantage of that. <laughs> and you're like, we're right on the ocean. So it's me mean, my, my, my good friend Alfredo, uh, we would go out and try to catch a halibut every day. But they weren't in yet because they like follow the salmon in uh, when the salmon come in to spawn. Mm-hmm. And it uh, just wasn't the right time of year. But we tried every day. But we caught like a ton of like uh, lingcod and some a bunch of rockfish and stuff. We caught some like big yellow eye rockfish. Uh, they're like the big orange ones, and uh, I, we caught like a few small ones, and we brought them back. We ate those, and then we went out one day, and I caught this huge one. Like I don't even I don't know it was like fifteen pounds or so. Like it was it was really big for yellow eye. and we were. Uh, We were done fishing. We were coming back to the hatchery and there was this boat anchored up in the bay and all the dudes were wearing camo. So I'm like, what the heck are they on a boat for wearing (laughs) camo? So I pulled over. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we're bear hunting. We're just like waiting for a bear to come out on the beach or something. But we're shrimping, shrimping and fishing there while we wait. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I was like, they're like, did you catch it? I'm like, yeah, I caught this big yellow eye. And I pulled it out of the boat. And they're like, you know that fish is like 40 years old, right? Oh, my God. And I'm like, geez. I kind of felt bad, but I'm like, it's over now. We're going to eat it. Right, right. (laughs) I was like, that fish used to be Russian. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was super good. It was really good good eating fish. And then when I transferred north, that was like inland. So uh, a lot of grayling and lake trout where I was. Uh, So that was really cool. Was that
0: like ice fishing or?
1: Uh, I was I got there right at when the lakes melt or thawing out, gotcha. and so right at ice off, uh, catching catching the lake trout on the fly from a kayak, um, and then I start once the snow melted. I was just did a ton of shed hunting there too, um, caribou and, and moose. I found I think probably ten moose sheds up there, and then the, like endless caribou sheds. Like I couldn't even take them all because there's so many. I they're all pretty like beat up. Like there's nothing up there to like chew them and stuff. Mm-hmm. If they're like in the swamp, they get all covered in moss and nasty. Uh, but like I found some, I found like all I wanted was a really good match set from a bull, and and found found that. So I brought that home, and then uh, I had to go work remote. So we took a, a float plane. Into this like remote lake that we put some uh, salmon fry in. Um, this, we stock it by airplane, but uh, we were going in to trap the out-migrating fish from the year before. And uh, so, like the outflow of the lake, we have like a trap system with nets, and they get this like live well. Um, but yeah, we took a float plane in there, and on the on the on the flight. I'm looking down out of the plane. I'm just seeing moose sheds everywhere (laughs) out of, out of the airplane. And I'm just like pull my phone out super quick. And like, there's no service, but I just like roughly put pins on like my map where these sheds were. And, uh, so I could come back when I was done and hike in there. And, uh, so I did like two weeks there working remote, got back to the hatchery and, uh, I looked at my pins. I'm like, okay, they're like four miles off the road, Damn. and but I got to do it. Like there was just so many shits in there, <laughs> and uh, big ones, like really big ones too. Like they look like Volkswagens sitting down there. I was <laughs> like, I have to go get them. So like, what you don't see from the airplane is how thick it is, because uh, it's way easier to see from a bird's eye view than when you're actually there. Uh, like I couldn't see more than like six feet in front of me the whole time, (laughs) but I did find some moose sheds. I found, I found one that I think it was 19 pounds. And I brought that one home. Um, but like, that's not even like, it's a really, it was a legal moose. It was a nice moose. It was probably, I was guessing it was like a 35 or 40 inch moose, Mm -hmm. but it had five brow tines. So it would have been legal. They had to have three brow tines up there to shoot. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was cool to find. And then, uh, I was like trying to figure out how I, I wanted to bring them home. Like, should I mail them or just bring them on as a carry on on the airplane when I fly back home um, and mail them would have been like super expensive. So I went with a carry on and I was like trying to figure out how to, how am I going to take two caribou antlers in this moose <laughs> paddle home on a carry on, like a, not a carry on, like a, just like under the plane. I forget what that's called.
0: Right. uh, uh I, uh... Just like
1: luggage or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I came up with uh, just shrink wrapping it, and like you know clear shrink wrap, right? And then I just duct taped it, and then I duct taped rope for handles. It looked, yeah, it looked so stupid. <laughs> um, but and I get to the airport. So this is like September, mid September when I was leaving. So that's like peak hunting season there, and it's just like dudes with cardboard boxes that they have like a whole like moose head in a whole caribou head in they're flying home with their animal they got and there's me like looking around this saran wrapped <laughs> ball of antlers and duct tape and uh, everybody's in anchorage everybody was like oh it's so awesome it's so cool and tsa the dude i had to check it because so they gotta look for bombs or whatever and Ah, uh, the dude in TSA was like, "This is the best way I've ever seen this done." <laughs> I'm like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, dude. I could see right in there. I can check it for wires and stuff and everything." I'm like, th- "He's like, this is. I wish everybody did it like this." Wow. I'm like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna get yelled at." <laughs> and then uh, landed in Pittsburgh, and that's when I started getting looks. <laughs> with it. Everybody, everybody in Anchorage was like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" Everybody in Pittsburgh's like, "What the heck is this kid doing?" <laughs> uh yeah that was pretty cool to bring those back home and and then um yeah so yeah that whole fall i took off to hunt that was 2019 fall i think or 20 that was 2020 fall that was when covid was i've hunted that whole fall and uh man. my memory's really bad just trying to remember some hunts that happened then yeah man, dude, that George.
0: that was uh I mean that that was that was a hell of a trip you had though, man. Like
1: most people oh, can't yeah. say that
0: they got to spend that much time up in Alaska, let alone you know be in the bush like that. Now, when you went in the bush and you know, like I said, you you marked your pins and it was four miles in. Did you go in with somebody else or anything, or were you all alone? Or
1: no, I was all alone. Nobody else wanted to go because <laughs> <laughs> they knew <laughs> and it's just like that time of year. The bugs are so bad. That mm-hmm. was like beginning of August or July. And the the bugs are so bad, Um, so I had to wear a bug net, like all long sleeves. So Mm. humid out, and uh, swampy, nasty, and uh, all I had was a 12 gauge with like six shells of slugs in it. And I remember just singing like the whole time. Like if you're alone, they just say like, make some noise, so the bear. Like in case there's a bear, you'll you'll spook it. Hopefully. So I just I took I don't know I probably did like twelve or thirteen miles to get in there, hike around, get back. I was singing the entire time. <laughs> <Like> I <laughs> lost my voice and everything.
0: Oh man! It was worth it to me. Yeah, no, I agree. If, I mean, you only live once out there, and you you, know, you took full advantage of the situation. But boy, I do hate them bugs too. I get that. But... Yeah, the
1: bugs were so bad up there.
0: Well, you said you got to fly home. You fly into Pittsburgh. All the Yenzers are looking at you like, what? And the Hill Jack just flew in. And, yeah, uh, really, all the Yenzers were looking at him. <laughs> really, you know, little do they know, you're just a central PA boy and you owe me no harm. But um, So you come home and then you said uh, you think that you were able to go up to New York and do a little hunting.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, that that year, um, New York opened like three days before PA for archery. Mm-hmm and uh just like went up there and winged it and i got a doe the first day with my recurve nice uh my buddy then that evening no, it was the next day he he shot a doe with his recurve that was his first with a recurve bow uh doe and uh, i think we got like eight eight deer out of our group in new york that year um i know i got a doe and a buck i think we just laid the does out (laughs) pretty good through archery and rifle oh. so that was pretty cool um and pa I, I think i passed a lot of bucks up in archery ended up getting a nine point that year
0: and you shot that with a recurve too or rifle or
1: a rifle yep i, I think i was like super crazy snow blizzard and rifle season and i just went out and just tried to do some tracking but um the snow is just like coming down the whole time so like any track I did find was so snowed in even it was like half hour old right um, but I ended up just like walking down this hill and it's like oh there's a buck oh there's another buck there's a doe and they were just bending and feeding bedding and feeding got kind of just had a time to process it all and take it all in and wait for the right moment to shoot And it was a nice nine point
0: yeah Oh boy, you can't ask for it to come better much come together better than that, but
1: yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. That was like two miles in, and um I was the only person out hunting that day, like the roads were terrible, um but it was really cool to get one in snow like that, and it's really, really, really special honestly and uh and then um, what else happened? I don't even remember <laughs> <laughs> I, I and then the next. The next spring, uh, which would have been 2021 or 22, I have no clue. <laughs> but I, I moved to, I got a job with Idaho Fishing Game
0: nice. and
1: drove out there. And that um, was doing fishery stuff, mostly working with uh, king salmon and steelhead and then like cutthroat bull trout stuff as well. Um, but mostly just like focused on uh, running. They're called a rotary screw trap. So it's like on two big floating pontoons and there's like this big cone that spins it, the cone, like the big end of the cone faces upstream and uh, the small end goes through a, a live well at the back of the trap on the downstream side. Okay. So the goal of it is to catch out migrating king salmon and steelhead smolts. Um, as they're they're born upstream and now they're making their way to the ocean Mm -hmm. uh so we're our goal is to just trap them get lengths and weights and put a pit tag in them uh which is just like a little tracking device it's not like a radio collar deer like you don't know exactly where it is at all times it's just a it's like smaller than a, a tic tac and you put that like into into its side uh so it's just kind of sitting there like with its guts kinda mm-hmm. just like right under the skin, but kind of just sitting in there it doesn't hurt' them. um and how and then along the river that we were on and then the next river and the next river, and then all the dams they gotta go through, there's like um it's called an array uh so that's like um basically to simplify it, it's like two two well there's like just one uh, mechanism that's hooked up to like car batteries uh, so like, there's a power bank and like a whole computer system and then like it runs, there's wires that run under the stream bed um, so any fish that travels over it, it's going to pick it up that that tag passed by ah. and and it's going to put it in the computer um, and that's like all hooked up to the internet too um, so like sends a signal like oh fish x1 passed at this time and if you tagged it upstream you know that it's heading downstream If like the if like the array is downstream of where you tagged it uh so it's like stuff like that um you know you can it's really cool to uh see like fish that have just like kind of follow their their journey out you uh, know you can like look at that and See like each, where get get what time and when like it gets pinged at each location, and then the adult fish that come back, you can the tag is still in them, so you can see them coming back up. So um, super cool. Uh, It's just a like a a way they monitor survival survivability and everything of the fish, which is like honestly just crazy phenomenal that there's even king salmon left. Um, cause what I was in like Eastern Idaho. So that's like almost Montana. Right. And these fish are running. They're born there. They run out and they have to go, I think it's seven or eight dams. They got to go through, uh, but they're going through all of Idaho and all of Washington and Oregon to the Pacific. And then, you know, like everything's out to get them. You got seagulls and, and otters and eagles, sea lions and then commercial fisheries out there in the ocean. Um, and then the dams are really bad too. Like those smolts when they're out migrating, I think it's a 10% survival rate (laughs) at each dam. At each Um, dam, dam. Yeah. So like if you start with a thousand fish, there's going to be a hundred at the first dam and then there's going to be 10 at the second dam, (laughs) you know, so it's like super bad. Uh, sucks what those fish have to go through. Um, but somehow they, there's a few hundred adults that do make it back. Uh, They spend like three, four years in the ocean. They come back. It's it's pretty crazy that they (laughs) can even do that. And they haven't been uh, extirpated from that area, but yeah,
0: wildlife finds a way, man, you know, all wildlife is so tough. I always, I always think back, you know, I can remember this time and not to get off subject, but I think it's, it's a good comparison. Just, just how tough wildlife can be, whether it's fish or, um, you know mammals or reptiles or whatever but I remember shooting a squirrel and I shot it with a shotgun and I'm telling you that the thing was like clenched to the tree right it didn't fall it just was like sitting there and I'm thinking you know I'm just a kid and uh, I'm gonna shoot it again I guess I don't know so I go to load another bullet and I get a little bit closer and <laughs> it takes off running up the tree right <laughs> like what the hell you know I was point blank and, uh, it finally ended up actually peeking its head back out and it come out just far enough for me to lay another one into it and went up to it. And sure as heck, I mean, it, I peppered the heck out of it. I don't know how I was still living, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just one of them things, man. You know, when, when these animals have a will to live, they, they find a way, whether it's whatever kind of animal they're sure as heck, not like human beings. I can tell you that. Right. Yeah. But, absolutely but yeah man that that's great to, I mean you got to go out there you know just kind of put it all in a nutshell for you in, in case you needed to ever step back and take a look but you know you got to spend time in some of the some of the wildest places that that, that the United States has to offer
1: yeah yeah I'm very, I've been very fortunate it's been it's been really cool to, to do it I'm always looking back at my pictures and my phone like
0: jeez
1: that was that was pretty, pretty cool I can't believe I did that yeah
0: yeah. And, well, that, uh, that'll get to live with you forever, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, Idaho is cool. Idaho's been my favorite place other like that other than PA and uh very beautiful, tons of public ground, just like endless, like unbelievable how much there is out there to to roam and yeah. Um yeah, and so I work for fishing game and ran those traps and then we would do like some electro fishing as well throughout the summer. A little bit of snorkeling, like looking for uh King salmon smolts and just kind of doing little fish population estimates, I guess, as uh just by snorkeling in the like little mountain streams. That's cool. Um and then the the hunting was was phenomenal. So uh right like the I think as soon as I got the call that I got the job, which which would have been like January or so time frame. Um I immediately logged online and and bought a deer tag. <laughs> and I like had no clue like how far away it was. <laughs> I just grabbed one. <laughs> and um I get there and I'm like, I wonder where my deer tag is. <laughs> and I was like I'm like, that is four and a half hours away. Wow. <laughs> one way. And I'm like, oh gotta do it. Right. And that's just I was like, I have it. I'm gonna go and scout and stuff. So like I spent all spring like scouting, shed hunting and uh making like basically nine hour round trips to do this like almost every weekend, which is just unbelievable, kinda of stupid, but <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and um yeah wasn't finding much for deer honestly it was just super like dense forest there's no clear cuts there's no burns Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh just it was like pacific northwest basically type of type of forest just a lot of rainfall and just very dense uh evergreen forests and uh, i was like so i was like i gotta hang some cameras and stuff just to like see uh what the heck is here and um got some nice white tails and but like i had everything under the sun bobcats mountain lions wolves moose elk freaking wild turkeys it was in white tails mule deer it was crazy um uh and then like when i was up there just like scouting for white tails ended up like finding a bunch of turkeys <laughs> and so then i was like shoot i need a turkey tag now <laughs> And uh, was doing that every weekend for turkeys then, <laughs> uh, which was crazy. It was – I'd walk out – I'd step out of my car and I'd hear, like, 12 gobbles, like, no matter where I was in the morning. Just crazy turkey density. And um had a lot of fun chasing, chasing turkeys there. Um, I think – I ended up getting two birds. I got my friend a bird. Um, and – I took my recurve a lot, like, but I got my first bird. I missed two gobblers, and then I did end up getting one with a shotgun. And then I was like, I gotta get one with a recurve. Like, there's just so many birds here. <laughs> and uh, went out for like two or three weeks with my bow, and I had a ton of them in shotgun range, but nothing with in range for my bow. And uh, I'm getting my second one. But I think throughout that whole season, just hunting weekends, I had like 14 gobblers and shotgun range <laughs> it was it's was just crazy and then um uh ended up snagging a different deer tag uh closer to where i lived it was pretty much all mule deer um and
0: so was... so the tag that you got was it the the second tag was it mule deer or was it whitetail
1: uh it was a general tag so you can okay. shoot either mm-hmm. um and there was like one drainage in my whole unit that i found mule deer in my first for my first tag Uh, but i don't think they like spend much time there after the summer i think once fall hits and winter hits like they just kind of migrate to somewhere else
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so it's dominant whitetail there Um, but i didn't even i didn't even get to hunt it because i was i was more worried about getting a mule deer with my other tag i gotcha it was closer and everything had some really cool tree hunts just camp camping out there by myself in the mountains um just kind of backpack in on the weekend and and try to get one with a bow um that was so much fun very challenging i was in a very very low deer density area yeah um so it's like since i worked for fishing game i kind of got to talk to some biologists and stuff and- I was like what is up with this area? Like what is up with my unit? They're like, "Oh, you have the lowest deer density unit out of anything anywhere near here." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, so I'm not like that bad at hunting. There's just like no deer." Um, but I was in I was saw some deer. Saw got into some deer here and there. Um uh never got to shoot, but had I passed a few like small bucks up with the bow and um then the gun season hit, and uh, I ended up getting a pretty nice mule deer. I nice. mean, for my first one, I mean, I don't know, I I think it was pretty nice, and and uh, that was just so cool. Like now, it's become like one of my favorite things to do: <laughs> uh, hunt mule deer. Um,
0: now, that was just, I know that so- you got to you got to eat that mule deer. Um, what do you think? Kat, you know, how does it compare to your whitetail?
1: Uh, the first mule deer I got, so that one I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it tasted exactly like whitetail. Okay. Um, so it, that was like a four and a half year old buck. He was like up in the high country. Uh, he wasn't eating any sage. Mm-hmm. Um, really, but I thought it was pretty much just on, pretty much just like the exact same as a whitetail, and uh, from here, and then the I ended up going back out with some buddies last fall, and I got a a buck that was a little older this buck i just got his age back he was five and a half and he was in the same habitat stuff like high country just eating grass but like for some reason his meat is like way better like it's phenomenal yeah, yeah. and ever everybody i've shared it with says the same thing like it's definitely better than white tail <laughs> <laughs> this this one i got this year mm-hmm. which i was surprised he was an older buck too but um but yeah just really Really good meat, <laughs> but I I've heard that once they get into that sagebrush, it uh, can kind of taint the meat a little bit mm-hmm. to some people's yeah. liking. But I've never had one from the sage. So
0: I never have either. But I I think it can be very comparable. I I have a friend that uh, guides up in Maine, and um, you know he's all about uh, getting you know whitetail meat from Pennsylvania. You know he they their deer in, in Maine. You know they eat a lot of peat moss and such, and there's not much. Uh, You know, oh, really? Oh, yeah, there's not much they'll eat, they'll eat whatever they can eat, you know, the ferns or whatever, because they don't really have uh, uh, the feed that we, you know, that we offer. Plus, you got to think what PA, how many people are shooting farm deer and eating farm deer? You know, they're soybean eating, corn eating, whatever. You know, they they taste, they definitely taste um, better, according to him. Um, I can't say that I've ever shot a deer in Maine and brought it home, but I have had. deer from maine i just i haven't had the luxury of shooting one up there myself but uh moose yes yes but i wouldn't say that uh the moose is bad i think the moose tastes great great especially when it's ground up into burgers and such but yeah nice um
1: i've had moose yeah i've had it like in a stew but that's not like anything tastes good in a stew right right. (laughs) you can't really tell definitely
0: yeah, man, that, that is definitely one thing I like uh, to, to touch on and talk about is, is, is eating the game, you know, because I think as outdoorsmen and I, I can attest to you, uh, you're probably the same. That's like one of the best parts, you know, after everything's done and you get it all cleaned up and then you get to cook it into something. It's like, man, I can't wait to eat this, but um, living out there though. So you got to hunt the mule deer, you got to hunt some whitetail. I mean, are you, are you still a whitetail guy or are you, are you on the edge here?
1: Oh, uh, no, I, I, I mean, I do love hunting mule deer out there, but mm-hmm. it's hunting whitetail, you know, here or, or wherever, New York, Ohio, like, I just love it so much. <laughs> I mean, it's so there's just a mystery to it, you know? Right. You can, like, run every trail camera in the world and not really know what's there. Um, And then, like, out west, like, it's more open. You can glass. So, like, kind of, it's kind of like what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Um you know you can sit back and just glass like an entire mountain so you know like basically what is everything is everything that's on it where here it's like i don't know what's 40 50 yards from me
0: right yeah
1: Hunting here so i I just love the mystery and, and just the way whitetails behave mm-hmm. and just how smart they are like the, the the density of hunters we have and how we can still get bucks that are over four well over four like years old and just get mature age and blows my mind uh i feel like every time i check a trail camera i'm just like oh my gosh like (laughs) how did how does this exist here like uh for example like one place i hunted uh, a lot this year um i probably had like 15 bucks from Mm. uh, august till rifle season that were on camera that um I would have taken, like, really, like, nice bucks. And uh, the amount of those deer that survived just blew my mind. Um, I hunted there a lot in in rifle season. And that, that, like, valley and area, those hillsides got pushed off uh, eight times the first week. And every single drive there was shots. Um, Not by me, but, like, other gangs and stuff. I was just, like, solo hunting stuff. Um, so I'm like, yep, there's another one. There's one of the bucks dead. Nope. They, um, I'd say majority of them made it, um, which is just mind blowing Mm -hmm. that that we, so that's so, that's why I love white tails. It's, they're just so sharp and cunning and smart. So,
0: yeah, and I, I agree with you 100% and that's why I am the same. And actually, uh, I have a couple friends that they're, they're more, mastery level when it comes to some other things like uh some predator control you know they're really into that um upland bird you know and and to each is their own but two of them all always tell me Oh, you're you're just whitetail snobby you don't (laughs) that's all you want to do you know and it's not all i want to do it's just what what i really really enjoy but um right so i i have a couple questions here for you and i uh, you being a pa guy i think you'll appreciate some of this stuff but so you lived in PA for, you know, enough years to kind of come to a tradition or something that you may have. Is there any traditions that you have as far as hunting PA or fishing PA or any uh, traditions maybe you'd like to start for you, your friends, or your family?
1: Um, so we have a hunting camp in, in PA here. We always go out there. I grew up going to, like, uh, another family friend's camp. Uh, that was always just awesome. Uh, going out there for we'd go out for fall turkey we'd go out for um, deer rifle obviously uh, it's definitely just ingrained in, in me as a as a um, drawing blank <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
0: it just just ingrained you as a, a ritual uh-huh yeah I-
1: a ritual I guess it's something we do every year um you know, just going to camp you know and I've worked out all my jobs I've had, you know, I run into people that aren't from Pennsylvania, but they still hunt. And uh, I tell them, like, I have a hunting camp. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've like, PA, New York, Michigan, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, and then probably, like, some more, like, in New England stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we have hunting camps, right? Where it's right. a physical built building in the woods. <laughs> uh, not just, like a, tea, like, a tent, you know. It's a physical place that you go to. Uh, we call it camp. Yep. And uh, i thats I, that was kind of like a culture shock to, like, pe- people don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best place ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's something we do every year. And then um, I was trying to go out, like, first day of trout with my good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, we're staying at camp, and we're, we'll go fish first day of trout together. And then uh, something we started, I think, three or four years ago was doing – uh, just like a late season hunt with me and my college buddies and f- some some of my friends from high school. Nice. Um, and that's at camp too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've been doing that for that, four years.
0: Is now. that Flintlock then, or
1: yeah, I've been doing okay. Flintlock? I yeah, you. we just get together do some drives, have some fun, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was a blast this year. We had a lot of new faces, a lot of new friends came out, and uh, yeah, it was it was a really good time. It's just been it gets more and more fun every year i hope we're gonna do it every single year like it's mm-hmm. all of those things trout season deer season flintlock it's yeah that's just definitely happening every year
0: well you know brother you you guys are doing a great thing because number one even at your age i'm sure you can see like the numbers are dwindling you know and the hunting community i think it's still pretty tight knit. I think it needs to be a little bit tighter because you know now you have guys coming after. Hey, that guy uses a crossbow, you know, or uh, this guy uses a compound, or that guy uses a spin rod, and this guy doesn't use a fly rod and all that stuff. And I think you know we need to bring it, bring it back, and and we don't need this this competitive nature as far as it comes to. Um, you use this and you use that, you know, to each is their own because we're, you know we're as long as it's within legal means and you're doing everything. Uh, the proper way I think that you know everything's fine and dandy but the problem is there, there's not a lot of youth getting involved in any way anymore and you know I know a guy like you um, you know you have a pretty good voice as far as it comes to uh, outdoor stuff and you know some people and stuff but you know guys like me or you we have to make sure that that continues that that fishing camp you know the you guys getting together and do in Flintlock season and having that. Cause I'm part of that too. And I know exactly what you're saying. You know, we do the drives and stuff late season and we do, you know, the trout opener together and then we do camp like two or three weeks in the trout season and, and all that stuff. And that stuff is just like, I can't wait all year for that kind of stuff, but I don't think enough people are exposed to that either to know what they're really missing out on. If you get what I'm saying.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I know that, Pretty much like after my age class of people. Yep. I was born in like 97, 25. It's like after me, it's like pretty dead. Yep. Uh,
0: I think you hit it right on the head too. I was just going to say that probably right around your age is where I kind of see the drop off. Right after like the people that I know around 24, 25, just just a little bit younger than that. It kind of seems like they kind of look at you sideways when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm taking two weeks off and going to Ohio and then into Indiana hunting deer and they're looking at you like excuse me
1: yeah 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 i mean it's definitely like just f- seriously just drops right off after after my age group of people mm-hmm. um you know i i do have some friends that are like two or three years younger than me that are all gung-ho like myself yeah, and, for sure um, but like the general majority mm-hmm. uh is nowhere you know that's just like one or two people i know of that are younger than me doing it and uh it's pretty dead after that yeah
0: yeah we gotta we gotta definitely try to keep them into it and then like i said i mean (laughs) i bet you i talk about on every episode of this show but you know not to beat a dead horse but hey let's get together here let's get this sunday hunting kicking you know let's get these even if we just got small game you know hey let's just bring back small game because i feel like that's a dying thing you know we all want to hunt whitetails and small game is out there and a lot of guys kind of forget that either that or they wait till second season you know but whatever um but you were talking about deer drives and that is something I wanted to bring up to you so you were you're pretty well traveled and in your travels when you talk about deer drives that people kind of look at you sideways or anything like that uh yeah I know it's
1: like it's definitely illegal like in Idaho I okay. don't think it's legal to even do it and hmm. I've mentioned I've probably thrown it around in conversation with friends and mm-hmm. but, but I think they know what it is but they've never done it and right. uh, um but yeah, it's a huge thing in Pennsylvania <laughs> to do with deer drives. Right.
0: Yeah. Deer drives, bear drives. You know.
1: Yeah, especially bear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely part of the heritage. I mean, I know boy, I probably couldn't tell you how many deer I've shot on deer drives, to be honest with you. Um I've shot a lot of nice bucks on deer drives and I've shot a lot of does too. But anyway. Um yeah, I I I just wanted to try to get that in there, um, you know, talking about making sure that we're trying to pass on traditions, and I know, like, even at your age, I mean, like, it sucks to even say it, but, like, you guys are, like, kind of the last of the dying breed, and I only have a couple years on you. I'm only 32, but I can see it dwindling, and it sucks, Um, but you lived here also long enough that I kind of want to know, is there anything you'd like to see change in PA? I mean, I know we talked about the Sunday hunting, so let's skip over that, but um, is there anything else you'd like to see change? Maybe not even laws. I don't know. Anything on your mind?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that I would probably, I would be like, I'm trying to think, uh, definitely some laws I'd like to see. Like, I'm not big with deer drives. Uh huh. Um, I think like I've been caught in the middle of deer drives. I got gotcha. uh, like, I'm solo hunting. Mm hmm. And like a whole group surrounds me and pushes deer, and there's, you know, yep. um,
0: it can be dangerous. It's
1: like, like it's definitely. <laughs> um, so it's like I'd love to see some sort of regulation mm-hmm. uh, put in, like maybe like make it like only a few days or, yep. or something just something, you know. And I think that is what really wipes out like a lot of our bucks, like even mostly deer in general. It wipes a lot of them out. Oh, for sure. Um, and I. It's just like it kind of, kind of sucks. Like, oh, it's and my, just my personal opinion. Like, I don't care what people do. Uh, it's just like keeping the animal in mind. You know, that's how, how I look at things. Mm-hmm. Like fair chase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that a drive's not fair chase. It's just like I'm, me personally, I'm out there just like hunting one deer specifically. I got you or, or buck, and it's like, oh, you just got killed in a deer drive. Yeah. Um, by people that aren't even from here, or like they have no clues even there, and they just got lucky. Um, so, but I would just like to see some sort of regulation because I think that would help our deer, like just get a another age class, um, just see start seeing some bigger deer too. Um, but I, I don't know, like the deer are definitely adapted to deer drives.
0: Oh.
1: Um like we'll do them for Flintlock, and it's like crazy how many go backwards or sideways, and yep. nobody even sees them like they've dealt, dealt with it for their whole lives. And so their parents and their parents talking about deer. Um, so they're adapted to, to avoiding it. Um, and we'll always have big bucks here, no matter what, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. As long as we keep um, the antler restrictions. Yeah.
1: Yep. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my two cents on drives. I just like, you know, maybe like a size limit on, on it. Cause I just like, hate being caught in the middle of them
0: <laughs> well yeah it's it's scary especially when you know some of the fuds that are out there with rifles i get it
1: yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely scary and then um definitely cell cams i i just passionately hate cell cams with a burning patch
0: <laughs> i can see yeah. i can see where you're coming from yeah i mean yeah. i i have two of them but i will tell you like I know the way that some guys are able to use them like, oh, I just seen this deer at seven o'clock, you know, this morning. I'm going to move my stand or I'm going to move, you know, my saddle set up to here and try to cut the deer off. Like I, I know what they're doing. I mean, that's not something I know that I really have an option for where I live at just because I don't have the cell phone service where I'm hunting for the most part. to right. even Yeah. do I mean, something that's, like that.
1: But I, I think at first they were like, oh, I, I just don't have time to check this camera all the time mm-hmm. i'm gonna run a cell camera
0: yeah
1: uh but now it's turned into like oh that box here right now i'm gonna go h- cut them off right yep and running like a bunch of cell cams in one spot like it's just how i and kind of to, to relate it to something like the the game commission does the elk camera mm-hmm. online it's live footage well they take it down for elk season
0: right
1: uh because that is illegal to use live surveillance right of wildlife and i don't see how that's any different than getting a picture uh instantly um yeah so that's i don't think it's fair chase well um, i i'll be honest
0: i think that you are going to see a movement on this because i'm actually kind of surprised the push that is behind that you know there there's a you know at first people like you said like i think everybody was all right with it It was like hey cell cam's like i can throw this up on my lease i can you know what i mean um, use it for for uh, the one that I usually leave soaking or whatever, down in the abyss or whatever they call, you know, their furthest spot. And it was cool and fine and dandy. And like, like you said, I think that some people are starting to realize what, what you're actually able to do with something like that. And I think the other problem that comes from it is, I mean, you, you, I know that you are starting to hone your woodsmanship skills very well. You know, you, you are already a good woodsman, but the things that you've seen and been through, you, um, I would categorize you as, as one of the better woodsmen that I know just because of the time that you've spent in the woods. But you know, when you don't have to do that stuff, you lose that skill.
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you earned it. You don't, you don't need a thanks. That's, that's something that you, you really have to earn. And I feel like, you know, as many books as I, uh, I want to read or, um, yeah, as many people as you want to talk to or, you know, like we were talking before, as many podcasts as you want to listen to. Yes, that information's out there. But when it comes to woodsmanship, I don't think it's something that you can learn in a book. You need to see that stuff. And that's why it's so cool. Like when you have guys that are willing to mentor you or, uh, you know, take you out and spend time with you. Um, you know, like I, I, I know guys like uh, like Dan Enfelt, felt like the bigger names or like Hellblood, like them guys, they have. Like classes, and you can go and like they'll show you their, they'll show you their woodsmanship, and that's, that's a dying thing, you know.
1: Yeah, I was I do a lot of thinking when I'm out shed hunting and stuff, and mm-hmm. I've never really got to talk about the whole cell cam thing, and like, all I I've always like never had a I have my own like platform, but I just I I really just keep to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I understand um, and stuff. Um, that was kind of like my first time talking about it. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's like you said, woodsmanship. I I think is it's like dead. Yeah, it's nobody's out there. Nobody wants it to work for it. Nobody, everybody wants their handheld. They want instant satisfaction. Right. Um, and it's just it's lazy, you know. I I and I don't want to bash like other hunters because like that. I don't want to be our own worst enemy. Yeah, you know? for sure. You don't want to like tear each other down. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just that's not what i'm trying to do i'm just it's really upsetting to to see how lazy people are and just like how how it all like nobody's out there putting work in like i get trail camera cards stolen at, like every day yeah, it blind. seems and uh, it's just like people just feed off you like they don't put any work in and they just take from you like it's yeah. it sucks so bad like I'm the one working hard and you take it all from me and you know it's like cell cameras like that's I think it's very lazy um and not sporting to the to the, to the wildlife um it's just it takes the guess, like a lot of like hunting is guessing mm-hmm. like you're putting the best educated guess you have out to to get an animal yeah. um but when you are instantly told where that animal is that is taking so much of the guessing out um uh, it's sad i feel bad for the animals honestly um but i and i don't know like i there's a lot of people against it like myself and um i don't know if it'll ever ever change like there's just so many people with cell cameras and so you gotta think of like everything that has a foothold in that would be like the cell phone companies the battery companies true True, you know, so it's like yep. they have a bigger wait for and t They have way bigger voice than me. Um, they can they probably have some sort of in with the PA game commission. You never know. Um, like, hey, don't ban these because that's a lot of revenue or yeah. you know, something like that. It's for like sure another dimension to think about. Um, it's kind of sad,
0: yeah. It that is unfortunate, but you know. I mean, there's just something to say for going in the woods with people that know what they're doing. You know, like I've been blessed to be around some people that are just, you know, I've learned my skills over the years and I'm still, you know, constantly learning stuff. But just when, when, you know, you'd be walking through some, uh, some choppings or something of like a four or five year old clear cut. And, you know, they turn around and say, you see these little you know, clip marks or these little, you know, indentations on these trees. You know, there's definitely a large buck moving through here and this is his antlers touching these trees and you're just like, oh, wow, how do how do you even think of that? Like why what made you even think of it? And it's obvious, but unless you're like told or shown stuff like that, you you don't you don't know what the hell's making them marks or that they're even there. And right. it's it's just like, you know, and that's just an example. There's so many things that I've seen people do over the years and that's why yeah. i'll usually give it to you know backwoods hunters because <clears throat> they're they're pretty impressive you know and they really work really work hard and i'll give it to anybody who's packing deer out and i don't care how big the deer is you know whether it's or even dragging them out you know some guys still prefer to drag them out and that's fine too as long as you have the help to do it usually
1: right yeah um, it's just the it's, it's just t- it's tough to see people don't want to put the work in and and uh you know that's not everybody obviously mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's no it's not doubt. Uh, it's not 100% of ever of the hunting pub the hunting uh, people out there so uh but it's definitely a majority and it's it's sad to see that uh honestly that people are super lazy <laughs> uh and just want satisfaction you know instantly so
0: yeah but yeah, man, that's, I'm glad that we got to touch on the trail camera subject because that is something I think, uh, you know, I've talked to in a couple episodes for other other people, not so much the cell cam thing, but, uh, just whether or not sometimes it's even worth having a cell or a camera at all. You know, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I run 50,
1: 60 cameras. Damn, damn. Um, so, and if they made them banned tomorrow, I would go pull them all and mm-hmm. not even feel one thing. Right. Um, like I just really do it you know, to see what's out there kind of give myself like a little motivation mm-hmm. really but I'm not using them to really make my decisions um they, they do help obviously to aid myself to make decisions and see like oh this deer's here at this time he's going this way that way for sure uh, but it's off. but it's not <laughs> instant it's probably five or six days ago <laughs>
0: right right you
1: know I'm running so many cameras I try to keep up with what I can, but it's just not even possible. So it's, yeah. it's more just like a motivation. Like, Oh, there's, this is here. So I'm going to just, then I got to look into more detail. Like, right. I know that I know a fraction of his life, um, six days ago, you know? So it's, now oh, I got to focus on sign.
0: It's all puzzle. And,
1: uh, try to, yeah, exactly. It's just a huge puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's not instantly like this deer is heading into his bed right now, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and you know, you're, you in particular, you know, you're a traditional guy. So, I mean, you got it even harder, man. I, I, I'm not a traditional bow shooter, but I don't want to devote the time to it either. So, um, you know, I, I want to, but I know, I know what time I need to devote to it. And I just don't, you know, I'm all about ethics and I know how good I am with my compound and I know how much I need to shoot it, you know, when it comes to going traditional route like you need to be shooting early and often
1: right so there's nothing wrong with your decision that's right 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 yeah
0: definitely definitely man but um on that subject let's uh, let's talk about give me give me a story man that give me something that sticks with you like man this this sucked like it was a hunting thing maybe you forgot something maybe you hit a deer and didn't get it you know, uh, maybe somebody messed up your hunt. Like, give me something that comes to mind right away. Like, oh man, this one time. Oh, that's
1: a good one. (laughs) Let me, let me think. Uh, there's probably, there's like literally dozens and dozens of
0: these. I know, man. I have a Uh, lot too, but I have like a couple that I, I instantly am like, okay, yeah, that sucked.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I I'll tell you what, let's revisit that you let's, yeah. let's revisit that thought but yeah i knew i was going to catch you off guard a little bit but um my buddy asked me that question one time and, and i was kind of taken back but i'll ask you this one so <clears throat> of all your friends and stuff and i'm sure they're going to listen to this um or get to it at some point so give me three guys you can pick anybody you want i don't care who they are or women you know uh whatever uh give me give me three people you know that you you want to come hunting with you tomorrow you know, I'm going to handpick these people. They can come with me or fishing, hunting or fishing, something outdoors, well, maybe even hiking.
1: Like any people of all time. Any, like... a, Yeah, man.
0: Any, you're allowed to pick anybody you want. I don't even care if they're a hunter. You just, you give me three people you think of, you know, you idolize them. You want to be around them. You know, you meant, you know, maybe they mentored you, whatever it is. Three, three people.
1: Okay. Um, I've, I would love to hunt with Zach Farrenbaugh. Nice of the hunting public. Like, I, it's just good vibes. Dude's dude's a good time and knows what he's doing. <laughs> I think,
0: um, I think that, uh, I think you can arrange that at some point, but keep, yeah. Keep... Same with Fred
1: Eichler too. Okay. Uh, Fred Eichler might also be on the list. Cool. Cool. Um, you know, I, I'd rather hunt with my own friends uh, like any day with than Those guys, like I just,
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, but they just come to mind. I got you.
1: Yeah. So like we're just doing like a fantasy. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Um, yeah, um, who else would be in there? Oh, I don't, I don't even, I don't really, I don't even really know. Um, I've always wanted to like, just take like a famous like baseball player, or somebody fishing.
0: Yeah. That would be cool, man. That would like, be I've, really cool.
1: I've, uh, like, mess- I've messaged like Manny Ramirez from the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Um, or Hey Posada. From the Yankees that's pretty cool uh I like just shoot I just like message him like hey do you want to fish <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever replied but I'm trying um so I always thought that would be pretty cool just, well, like, take one, you right? know
0: the squeaky wheel gets the grease man what's the that I said the squeaky wheel gets the grease so you gotta keep hey, trying
1: you gotta try to get it Yep, for sure
0: for yeah sure. um yeah I, I I like asking that question because I you know most most guys, you know, I, I know I can pick mine and, and I, you know, I'll, I'll say it someday, but, uh, it's, it's something that comes with the hunting community. Um, what I mean by that is like, you have guys that will think or pick of like people that they know of that they want to learn from, or like, you have people that they want to be around, or you have people that pick just like brothers and sisters and moms and dads and grandpas and, grandmas and all that you know just just because they want to be around the people or maybe they even just miss them and i feel like you know there's no way to get closer than within the hunting and fishing community to be honest right so but do you have uh you have you have a good story for us did you forget something did you hit a deer and not get it did somebody mess you up
1: just uh like uh like a bad thing
0: yeah 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 um
1: i I feel like people like mess me up like once a week <laughs> <laughs> or it's like oh this sucks um or like someone walking through but like it's what you do with. it doesn't not does not doesn't, like bother me but um uh i like, i remember kind of like a vi- really vivid hunt to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i can still picture it like perfectly um it was the last day of archery. I was I was 12 years old and it was my first year ever hunting with a bow. I was using a long bow. And um uh, first thing in the morning, I was using a climber. My dad was also with me. He climbed a tree next to the creek and I was kind of like 40 50 yards from him. And uh I he's been doing it forever so he's gets shoots up the tree. He's all set up quick mm-hmm. i'm taking i have to take my time i'm getting you know I'm, this is my first year hunting a climber and uh so he gets to the tree i'm making noise like rubbing the bark and <laughs> some things are rattling you know and i feel I hear my phone ring, like i feel my phone vibrating it's ringing i answer it's my dad he's like there's a spike under me he's like it's a huge spike and uh, he's like, get up, get ready, because he couldn't shoot it, but I could because I was still youth hunting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like get super, like I got set up like super quick, and um, bring my bow up, and I watch that buck. It was standing right under his tree. I watch it run away. And I'm like, ah oh, dang! And now I think I'm like super sweaty, like by now, like I'm just like been working so hard to get up this tree, like ten feet, <laughs> like, and uh, I hear just like the something. Like, I, I, I let a few grunts out, and, uh, and I hear like something behind me. I look back, and it's this huge seven point, just massive buck. And he is plowing through the mountain, moral, coming right for me. Like, his neck's all puffed up. And that's why that spike ran off. And he's coming right for me. And this is a very, very nice buck. And he comes right in to 10 yards. And here I am, 12 years old, <laughs> but I just grunted this massive buck in, and uh, the last day of archery, and I don't even think I even drew my bow back. <laughs> like I, the arrow hit him uh, like in the neck, and it just—it only went in a few inches. Mm-hmm. It has just big beefy neck on him, and I didn't even. I didn't even hurt the thing. He ran off and there was like a speck of blood. He was completely fine. I got pictures of him after that, like on show cameras. Mm-hmm. I just you know, I was kicking myself there. I was just so it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, I felt terrible like <laughs> that I that I wounded him but he was completely fine and everything. Yeah. Um that was like a definitely a sucky moment, but like <laughs> um, but just like a like, wow, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen on yeah. like that was to to do that. And now I hunt like every day and I can't even do that. <laughs> I can't even get a buck like that to go, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, man. You know, and that's that's one thing, you know, why I asked that question and try to keep that question up my sleeve, because when when we think back to stuff like that. You know, you think of the lasting impression that that had on you, and there, I mean, there's a lot to it, you know, just, I can tell you just from the story you just told me, so you wounded the deer, so you got that feeling right away, you know, and you still yeah. think back to that feeling, because I can tell you, I can literally vividly tell you every single deer that I wounded and did not get. I, I mean, I could probably tell you those stories more vividly than I can tell you the deer that I killed. Right. And, you know, there's just something to say for that, you know, and it makes you uh, a better hunter, you know, because... In that moment, you're only 12 years old, but you kind of learn right away. You're like, oh, my God, like I need to make ethical shots, right?
1: Right. So you learn. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the lesson that needed to be had. Yeah. I'm glad I got it early.
0: For sure, man. I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen to them at some point, but I, I know one or two guys that will tell me, oh, you know, well, I don't wound them. I don't miss them. You know, I aim small. I miss small. And I just look at them and I say, look, I'm just telling you, like, it's going to happen. And it's going to be, maybe it won't even be your fault, but you know, that little twig that you don't see in twilight or something like that, like it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. And, um, it's a terrible feeling, a super terrible feeling, but you know, you, you learn so much about that moment, you know, just how hard you were going to work to use climber and, uh, you know, <laughs> getting up a tree and how, you know, how quick things can happen. And that's a great story, man. I love it.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, but Dan, I don't want to keep it too long, man. Um, what I'd like to do is I want to catch up with you like later after hunting season here, or later after your guide season, because I know um, you, you're probably going to get busy here. Um,
1: yep, getting busy here uh, within a few weeks, and then all through all till mid September. Yeah. I'm busy Damn, guiding. That's so, awesome. Yeah, just doing PA till June, and then alaska july to september so
0: well before we let you go like one thing i want you to do is really promote yourself and promote the business while you're on here where can people get a hold of you um just you know how they can get a hold of you and what you what you kind of offer for them
1: yeah absolutely um yeah so i own my own guide service here in pa just a little small business just myself um it's i love fly fishing and any more number one passion is showing people uh what i know and my love for it and showing what pa has to offer i'm uh, just we're very blessed with beautiful fisheries a lot of water um that's why i got into it just to just to show people what i love and seeing their spark and it's it's really really cool and really special um so anybody that that does want to come out on a guided trip here in pa whatever you want to do uh, trout smallmouth anything um i have a uh, raft where i do walkway trips um get a hold of me at um, 814-592-6951 um call or text you can get a hold of me we'll get a trip booked up or you can shoot me an email at collins dc at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any facebook or or instagram uh it's just hard way outdoors on those um yeah i love taking people fishing and uh looking for another great season i'm super stoked for it getting busy here uh a lot of trips and fishing's getting good because we've had a <laughs> pretty warm winter so the fishing's been freaking awesome lately yeah. so yeah
0: that's awesome man yeah I'm, I'm glad that you are you know willing to take people fishing i'm glad that you're willing to um you know, step up and be a guide because like we were talking about before, it kind of takes a different person just takes, you know, it does take a toll after a while. And, and I'm glad that you are the way you are and, and, and you can teach, you know, not everybody can do that. And we're, uh, we're lucky to have you here in PA and we're lucky to have you out there promoting the outdoors, man. I, uh, really appreciate you coming through on the show and I, I look forward to following along your journey and catching up with you.
1: I appreciate it, Marcus. Yeah. It's, uh, pretty cool to be on here i appreciate the the opportunity
0: yeah man no doubt no doubt we will have you back man and uh until then i guess uh tight lines and uh good blood trails yes sir. i like that i like that (laughs) all right man we'll see you soon all right take care that wraps it up for another episode of the keystone chronicles podcast i really hope you guys enjoyed this one i know i did I really like following Dan's journey, and I think you should, too. Head over to Hardway Outdoors on Instagram or Dan Collins and give him a follow. Also, guys, go over to YouTube and check out his content. It's very good. I highly recommend it. And while you're over there on YouTube, the YouTube channel is up for the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Uh, Get over there. Check out my ugly mug. Give me a like, dislike, comments, hurt my feelings. I don't care. Go check it out, and I'll try to bring you more content on there. And also, I want to thank everybody for reaching out. The support lately has been outrageous. I really wasn't prepared for it. Um, People, hey, this is really good. People, hey, try to do this different. I don't care. I like it all. And uh, I'm just trying to bring you guys some good content. So I really hope you guys enjoy that. As always, please, at anything you listen to this on, any platforms, subscribe, like, comment, share, all social media platforms. It helps out the show greatly. I greatly appreciate you guys returning to uh, listen to more episodes from the Keystone Chronicles podcast. We'll see you soon.